I want to start my message by asking you a question if you can relate to, to something which you really only share with family members. I don't know if you've ever been in the shower. <laughs> you're, you're soaking wet and, and then you realize that you forgot to bring the towel in. Maybe it was getting washed, maybe you keep it in another room, I don't know. It's happened to me a few times. And I do the obvious thing, Debbie, <laughs> can you get me my towel, please? Or, or maybe, now we're really talking family, but you can be in the smaller room. <laughs> you can be in that smaller room in the house and, uh, and realize at the wrong moment that you're out of toilet paper. <laughs> Debbie, <laughs> is there any toilet paper in the cupboard? I don't know if you can relate. I don't know if it's happened to you. It's definitely happened to me. And in that moment, in that moment, when you know that you own the towel, you know you have the towel, you know you own the toilet paper, you've gone shopping, it's past that initial coronavirus crazy season where there's no toilet paper in the shop, so now you know you do have toilet paper. You know you have toilet paper, but you're in that moment of, I do have it now, I just don't have it yet. I have it now, but I don't have it yet. I'm in that moment of now and not yet. And in that moment, I'm so grateful that we actually do have toilet paper. I'm so grateful that I do have a towel. I'm so grateful that Debbie is home. And I also trust that if she hears me, she will give me my towel or my toilet paper. <laughs> that gratefulness and that trust in the now and the not yet. The Bible speaks so much about living in the moment of now and not yet. The Jewish people in the Old Testament, they were so expectant for the good news of the Savior they were expectant for, for who we now know as Jesus, that he would come, that he would defeat their enemies once and for all. That this king would be established on King David's throne. A king of righteousness, a king of justice. And he would reign forever. These were incredible prophecies from the Old Testament. And they were expecting this good news. They were longing for this good news. And then Jesus was born in Nazareth. And this completely puzzled them because Jesus didn't raise up an army to come against the Romans. He seemed normal. They didn't realize that he was actually coming to defeat a much greater oppressor. They were hoping for a leader, kind of like Moses, who, who led the people out of Egypt, out of slavery, to the promised land. Even John the Baptist, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. Even he was, he, he was expecting this good news. He recognized Jesus as he came. He was talking about this good news. What would happen when the Messiah comes, when the Savior comes, and here he is. And then he finds himself in prison thinking, is this the good news? 
The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 11, as John the Baptist, he's questioning everything. And he's, it says in verse 2, when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Is it now or is it not yet? And Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who doesn't stumble on account of me. Remember that not yet that you've been longing for? Look at what's happening. John's difficulties in his now. And he's wondering if the good news had not yet come, or if the good news was in his now. Jesus was in there in their midst. Many of the Jewish people completely missed him. They're expecting something different. And we can often find ourselves in that situation. We have this expectation of the good news. We, we, we read about what the Bible says and we expect certain things and we may find ourselves in difficulties. And in our now, we're like John, we're in the prison and we're wondering, is this the not yet? Is this the promise of God? What is, what is happening? Yeah. Questioning everything. Maybe we're in our work situation, maybe we're praying for a promotion, asking God, God, could you give me a promotion? And then we get a problem at work. Extra work, more stress, relational challenges. God, I was after a promotion. I know in the dictionary it's close to problem. But it's in the answer to the problem that you find what you're asking for. In your now, you're in this problem, but God's giving you, you're not yet. Just might not look like what you're expecting. We pray for the opportunity and God gives us a challenge. Thomas had a dream in his heart for this incredible church in Denmark. The not yet, this incredible church in Denmark, living in Australia. God gives him a plane ticket. Like, God, no, I'm believing for an incredible church. The not yet. And God goes, yeah, here's your not yet. Here's the now. Here's the plane ticket and the opportunity. But this doesn't look like the incredible church. This is just a plane ticket and an opportunity. But that's often how God works. You want the tree and God gives you the seed. It is the seed is the now and it is the not yet. They often come at the same time. John the Baptist and the Jewish people are expecting deliverance like Moses delivered Egypt, uh, delivered them from Egypt. They were believing for an inheritance, for a promise that God had made to Abraham, a prom- the promised land. And when they got to the promised land, 
They got to the edge of it and God goes, here's the land that I promised you. That land that for so long has been in your not yet. And here you are now and here it is. It is yours. And, and they're on the edge and they, they go and they check it out. and This is amazing. The promise of God is incredible. But those giants, those challenges... Instead of stepping into the promised land that God had already given them. See, in God's mind, he, he knew what was going on. He knew he'd given. All they had to do was trust in God and in the promise and step in. And they're like, but this looks a little more like a problem that I don't think I can handle. They had no faith in that, not yet. And they missed out until the next generation. God's promise is for you right now. Although it might feel to you like it's not yet. But God is for you. God loves you. He knows what he has given you. And he's, he's shown you. He's put it in writing. And we can enter by faith in God. He loves us. He is for us. We can trust him. Just be careful that you don't take for granted you're not yet because it doesn't look like you have it now. That's what Esau did in the Old Testament. Esau had an inheritance. He had an inheritance. He was, he was part of the inheritance of the promise that was given to Abraham. But he didn't have it yet. And then in his now... He was uncomfortable. He was hungry. There were some challenges for him. He's like, well, the inheritance, the not yet. I've got to look after myself now. And he had more faith in his brother's lentil stew than he did in the inheritance that God gave him for the future. Be careful that you don't make decisions today. Based on your challenges, your uncomfortableness, your fear, your anxieties. God's promise for you is absolutely incredible. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but we do still have that same challenge today of living in the now and the not yet. You know, in the, the Old Testament, it prophesies about this covenant that we have with God. Oh, this, this covenant, this, this prophecy, it sounds absolutely incredible. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34, it says, This covenant that I will make with the people of Israel after this time, declares the Lord. This is the covenant that we have. I will put my law in their minds. I'll write it on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they'll all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I'll forgive their wickedness. I'll remember their sins no more. It's amazing. Ezekiel chapter 36 from verse 26. He's speaking about this covenant that we have. He says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from, your, from you your heart of stone. I'll give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep all of my laws. 
It sounds amazing. It sounds like we're transformed into this perfect person where we completely know God, where we, where we completely moved to do all the right things. That's the covenant. I don't know if this picture of the perfect Christian relates to you, but I look at myself and recognize I've got a bit of not yet in my now. It's an interesting dynamic. We have the fulfillment of the covenant because Jesus came and yet it will be fully fulfilled when Jesus comes back. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10 talks about holiness. It says that by the will of God we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. We have been made holy and yet four verses later... It says, by the one sacrifice he had made perfect forever, those who are being made holy. Well, I thought we were holy. How can we be still being made holy if we are already holy? It's like now and not yet. We've been redeemed. Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. We have been redeemed. And yet in Ephesians 1.14, the Bible says that when you believed, you were marked with him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. We've been redeemed, and yet there's this guarantee until we're redeemed. We've been transferred into the kingdom of God, and yet the kingdom of God is still coming. So we've been made holy and yet we're being made holy. We've been redeemed, yet we're waiting for redemption. We're in the kingdom of God, yet our inheritance is the kingdom of God. We've been saved and yet we're being saved and awaiting salvation. We've been made perfect and yet we're being made perfect. Jesus has given us his righteousness and yet we are still living with unrighteousness. You are 100% righteous because of the covenant that we have in Christ. 100% right with God. But it's not because of your righteousness, because that's not yet. It's because of Jesus' righteousness. He gives you his righteousness. Now. Jeremiah's prophecy that I read out before, it says that in this new covenant, we wouldn't need to be taught because we'd know the Lord totally. And yet, the Bible says that now we know in part, but then we will know fully. He's given us prophet, prophets, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why would he give us teachers if we, with this covenant, know all things, know God? Because this is now and this is not yet. Yeah. Jesus, he came, and yet Jesus, he's, he's coming. Yeah. We, we have this, this covenant and, and we're, we're on this journey of life until he comes back. And in this journey, we have complete righteousness. We have complete holiness. Yeah. We, we have all of this. We, Jesus gives us his. And while we are growing in our walk with God, we're growing. I, I, I hope you're okay with a bunch of scriptures. I, 
Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3 says, We ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing. Your faith is growing as we live in this now and not yet. More and more. And the love all of you have for one another, it's increasing as well. Our faith is growing and our love is increasing. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says, Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. So we're growing in grace. We're growing in our knowledge of God, and yet we know Him completely. We have the mind of Christ. It's both now and it's not yet. And we need to understand how to live in this period, this in-between time of now he has come and not yet he's still coming. Our faith, it works the same way, you know. When we pray, Mark chapter 11, verse 24, this is Jesus telling us how to pray. He says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. I read this and I think, well, if I believe I've received it, why would I pray? When you pray because of your not yet, recognize in the now that you have the not yet. Believe that you've received it and then the not yet will be your now. Then it'll be yours. It's a classic case of now and not yet. A little bit like toilet paper. (laughs) I trust that Debbie will hear me and I trust that Debbie will give it to me. Uh, I trust that it's mine. I'm grateful that she hears me. I'm grateful that I have the promise of the toilet paper. God will give you always what is best. It's not always what you ask for, but it's what's best. It might not be at the timing that's comfortable for your faith, but it'll be the right time. I want to talk about three areas quickly. Where the tension between now and not yet, where the rubber hits the road. And one of them, the first one is with myself. And with what? I'm trying to do with my life what I'm believing to see with my life. And this, this message, really, I'm preaching to myself right now because I, I as a leader of, of a church, I can get so frustrated when I think about the vision for the future, when I think about what I'm believing for for our church. I'm believing uh, what I see in, in the future, what I'm believing for our church, and then I look at the now. And then I look at the not yet, and I get so frustrated because I want to be there now. But it is in my now, it's just not yet. It's a seed. I need to learn to be grateful. Like 10 years ago, 11 years ago now, we moved to Amsterdam. And if 11 years ago I would see what we see today... I'd be so excited, so grateful. But as your life gets bigger, your dreams get bigger, your vision gets bigger, your faith gets bigger, because we're growing in faith. We're growing in knowledge of God. We're growing in grace. Well, I need to grow a bit more in grace, and that'll help my frustrations, because 
I, I need to be grateful for what I have, that where I am is not where I used to be. And then when I have the, when I'm asking God, God, can I step into that? We ask believing that we've received it, and then it will be ours. So Jesus said to pray. And if I believe I've received it, when you know it's coming. See, when I'm in the shower waiting for my towel, I'm not frustrated because I know it's coming. So instead of being frustrated, I can be grateful and excited. Have the sense of anticipation. What is it for you to be grateful for what you have, full of faith for the not yet, knowing that the not yet is in you now, in seed form? Grow in vision. Grow in faith. Trust God. He's for you. He loves you. Then it comes to others. That's the second. You know, the first one is me and my dreams, my aspirations, hopefully godly aspirations. But then it comes to other people. And, you know, I don't know if you've discovered this, but this covenant that was prophesied in the Old Testament that we would have, I, I can meet Christians that they too are still growing and their behavior and, and the things that they do can leave me hurting. I don't know if anyone else has experienced this. Um, but other people's behavior, what they do, can leave me in a situation where it's like... Well, I'm standing up here on the church platform with the microphone. It's probably not wise for me to tell you what goes through my head. But we need to recognize that they too are growing. They too are in their now and not yet. And Jesus has completely forgiven them. See, here's the thing. On our journey of growth, because we're not perfect yet, although we, we've been imputed with his perfection, we've been made perfect forever already. But we know we're not perfect because we're growing. So we have the now and not yet of perfection. We are, we've been perfected forever with his perfection, but our perfection is still growing. So we make mistakes. We sin, but yet our sins are not counted against us because of the covenant. And God forgives them. And God gives grace. And as I grow in my knowledge of God, and as I grow in faith, and as I grow in grace, I can grow in how I interact with others, how I see the church. The church should be perfect. Don't you read the Bible? Yeah, we're now, and we're not yet. <laughs> my, my leader, church. Yeah, your leader in church is also in the now and not yet. And God gives grace, gives forgiveness, gives his holiness, gives gr 
grace. I think we can grow in our grace that we give to others, the grace that we give to the church, grace that we give to people. God can see the best in them. God can bring out, draw out as they grow the best in them. And we as representatives of, of God, we can do the same. We can look for the best in them, bring out the best in them. See, the Holy Spirit, God himself, dwells in them. And we can bring that out of them. Because God dwells in us too. And as we do that, we're allowing the Christ in us to bring out the Christ in them. That's how I believe God wants us to live. And the third thing are the circumstances. The circumstances of life. The difficulties. Sickness. Hardships. Stuff we all have to deal with every day because we live in this fallen world. Yet God is bigger. God is bigger. He's greater even than this life that we live. He's greater than life itself. He's greater than the world that we live in. He goes beyond this time, this world. Death couldn't even hold him. His love. We can trust him. With the now, when that's difficult, when it's hard, when we're going through it. I don't know what you guys are going through, but all of us go through stuff. It can be, you can't compare other people's stuff. But we know what we're going through ourselves. And yet we have the promise of God. John the Baptist, he was in prison, about to be killed. And yet the promise of God was right there. Is it now or is it not yet? Jesus is like, well, look at what you're seeing. I'm bigger than this world. When it comes to anxieties, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 8, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. It's easy for him to say, isn't it? I'll say it again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the fact that Debbie's bringing the toilet paper. I can trust her. She won't leave me hanging. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You'll have the now and the not yet, and it won't make sense. It transcends understanding. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, think about the promise. Think about... God, think about the Christ in you. Think about the Christ in others. Think about the promise of God in your situation. Think about what God has in the not yet of the situation, what Jesus has done for you. If you're sick, well, by his stripes, you are healed in Jesus' name. But I don't feel healed. Yeah, it's now, though. It's just not yet, but it's now. You have it. Let's bring it into our now. Let's believe that we've received it. Let's rejoice in the Lord because it's coming. We can trust him. 
We can be grateful that he hears us, that we have the promise of God. So let's choose to focus on what God is doing. Let's choose to focus on who he is, what he has done, what we're stepping into. That's the will of God for you. Do you know the Bible says this is, you know, people ask all the time, I wonder what the will of God is for my life. I wonder what the will of God is for my life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 tells us, verse 16 is to rejoice always. I think I just heard that. To pray continually. That was part of it as well. And to give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah, I'm hearing the same thing again. Yeah, because this is the will of God. To rejoice always, to pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. In your now and your not yet, in this world we live in, we're rejoicing in Him because our focus and our attention is on Him, on the promise. We, 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 I want to encourage you to grow in these six things. Grow in your faith in God. Grow in the vision that you have for your future. Because God's vision for your future would be a lot bigger than your vision for your future. Even eternal. Grow in gratefulness. Grow in grace. Grow in forgiveness. Grow in encouragement towards others. Grow in your knowledge of God. And grow in unconditional love. God loves you. God is for you. I think the closest we get to understanding God's love for us is a parent with a newborn child. The parent doesn't even know the child, doesn't know the personality. But, love, but the parent would, I, would I, don't, I hear parents all the time, I would die for this child. I'd give my life for this child. I don't know its personality. The child's not giving me anything. In fact, sometimes it poops in my arms. But I would die for this child. I think it's the closest we get to understanding God's love for us. God loves you unconditionally. God is for you. Jesus did die for you, for the mistakes you've made, so that in your now you can live with his not yet.